0: At this time of year, people make New Year's resolutions all the time, and the most popular New Year's resolutions are: uh, don't raise your hand, don't give yourself away. By the way, it's lose weight, save more money, quit smoking, enjoy life, spend more quality time with close friends and family, get and stay healthy, and lastly, for some, find love. This is a year I'm going to find love. So. That's the New Year's resolution a lot of people make, and if you go to the gym, this is a time where it's packed, but give it two weeks. (laughs) People make them because every single one of us, we we want to improve our life. I mean, no one sits around and says, "Uh, I hope this year I stay exactly the same and unchanged. Everybody says, hey, maybe this is the year I grow spiritually, I keep the house in order. Uh, But many of us, we end up living the same life. It doesn't change. And a very simple reason is, it's because there's always gonna be something inside of us and outside of us that keeps resisting growth. In other words, no one becomes mature by accident. Like, you don't become a great athlete. You don't become a big pianist. Hey, how did you become a great pianist? I don't know, I just woke up and I started playing Mozart. No one, that doesn't happen. And no one grows spiritually strong just by accident. So the default setting in the world, it's set so that we don't produce in us an easy path to growth, especially with God. Everything is going to go against you growing deeper and closer with God. It could be a spiritual force. It could be internal force. So Timothy, it's a letter from Paul, and Paul is writing to Timothy. A young leader, he's the new pastor, leader of the church in Ephesus. And he's saying, Timothy, I'm dying. My life is almost over. I want you to keep going. Don't stop. And so the phrase that comes here is fight the good fight of faith. Can somebody say fight the good fight? Fight fight. And add of faith. faith. Makes all the difference. Well, we're going to talk about that. Today, I want to encourage us as we start a new year. And as the youth group kids came back from a retreat, some of you are pumped up. And this is an encouragement to you as well. How do I go forward from this mountaintop experience to live and grow with Christ? So a little background. Paul is warning Timothy in this letter because not unlike today, there are some problems in the world. There's false teachers, uh, pastors who say they're from Jesus, but they're teaching their own theology to make money. There are, there are false doctrines. People are saying, hey, you don't need the cross. You, don't, you, need, you, don't, you need to do this. And they're coming in with what's called Gnosticism and all this heresy. And then they're also, unlike today, people that love money. They love materialism. And all of these things have crept into the church. And as a result, many fell away from God. They just didn't leave church. They fell away from the faith. And so Paul's intent is to the leaders of the church, hey, hold firm. Hold firmly to the faith, the eternal life God's given you. And don't walk away from the truth and the good news of Jesus Christ. This is an urgent letter. And so early in the, Paul, the letter, Paul wrote this in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, In accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, wage a good warfare, holding faith and good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwrecks of their faith. Wow, shipwrecks. That's a whole sermon. Some of us make shipwrecks of our faith because we've abandoned God's truth, we've abandoned God, and we went into the world. And so Paul is saying, Timothy, fight it. And so we have today's verse, fight the good, fight of faith. Now, how many of you heard fight the good fight? Ever in school, work, F- fight the good fight? In America, they love that phrase, fight the good fight. Hey, you know, I'm struggling with my wife. She won't listen to me. Hey, fight the good fight. Thank like, you know. <laughs> um, The American Dictionary defines fight the good fight literally to try very hard to do what is right. Another dictionary defines it to act in a way that is virtuous and honorable. Here's the problem. That is not what Paul meant when he wrote this phrase at all. It wasn't just a general, hey, do the right thing. For Paul, it was so much more specific and detailed. So in the context, Paul wrote, fight the good fight of the faith. You have to hold on and fight the good fight of your faith. And so Paul is saying, what God has given to you in Jesus Christ, Timothy, is special. You're a call to eternal life. Uh, you need to hear this and we need to hear this. We are not a combination of complex molecules. You did not come from a single cell organism that evolved into what you are today. You are something that God loves and adores and has redeemed in Jesus Christ. This message is not for just pastors, Timothy. It's for everyone who grew up in the church, who are in the faith, who have come to the Lord. So because of this, we are always pulled by the world away from Jesus, we're pulled always away from truth, and we're pulled away from good news. So for example, what pulls us away from Jesus? Paul writes it. 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money pulls us away from Jesus. But it could be more than money. It's anything that we idolize and adore and worship. It's anything that we think about and revolve our life around aside from God. And so uh, in the Old Testament, this is how you could test if you have a God, a little God. One is, do you have to work hard to maintain your little God? Like I bought a brand new boat, my boat. It takes every weekend to maintain it. If you have to maintain your God, it may not be the God. But if you have real God, our God always carries us. We don't have to maintain God. Our God holds us. So Paul says, what pulls you away from truth? 1 Timothy 6.3, Paul says, different doctrine that does not agree with the words of our Lord Jesus. Some of you, we, we listen to podcasts, YouTube, TVs, and you know, we read little articles, and we say, oh, that, that touches me. That f- makes me feel good. Be careful. The five solas, they're not about how you feel. They're truth based on God's word. So sometimes we get pulled away from truth because of something that makes us feel good. Uh, just as a side, when the Beatles came to America, the British invasion, what did the girls do? You all remember? Beatles got off the plane. Girls were screaming and crying like, ah you know, you know, John, they were like, yay, and they were, they were like, and they're like, I want to marry you, that happens today, Uh, I've experienced that never, and, and it happens, it happens today, though, but people are like, I'm in love, you know, this is it, but it's a feeling, we have to be careful, though, are we driven by feelings, or is it based on truth, lastly, I mean, what pulls us away from good news? Paul writes it, 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money, a root of all kinds of evil, it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I think Paul is trying to say, good news is we are saved by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. The worldly view is, I want to be my own God. If I have money, I have power. If I have power, I have control. And if I have control, I can be God. And Paul is saying, go back to the good news. So, Paul, he has seen many Christians fall away. And if we're honest, we've seen many people fall away from our lives who we grew up with in church. And this is why Paul urges Timothy, ready? Fight the good fight of the faith. It is not easy. you got to get ready to fight. 2019, it's going to be a great year. Amen? How do you know that? How do you know that? But it may not be an easy year. And so we need to say, how do we fight this good fight? So I think I want to just draw three things from here and tell us, what does that look like? What does fighting the good fight look like and mean? So first, in 2019, let us flee greed. Let us flee greed and chase holiness. Can you say, Holiness? It's a different thing. You don't have, it's not about perfection. It's not about moralism. Holiness is I am set apart for God. So Paul tells Timothy in verse 11, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. What things? Money, greed. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. The verse right before it says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Flee these things and instead pursue righteousness. Flee from the cravings of your heart that says money, 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 money. Or, ready? Me, 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 me. We want to, we always wake up and our default setting is when we get up, me, 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 me. That's default. You don't have to think hard. We're wired that way. So you know how you can test? Go to McDonald's and the person in front of you takes 10 minutes to order a Big Mac. Some of you go, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for this time of reflection about my life. No, you know, you, know, you guys going to be like, me, 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 me. I got to go see a football game. Get out of the way. So we, we have this. It's, it's a mean mentality. And what Paul is saying is flee greed, flee avarice, flee selfishness, flee greed, and chase after righteousness. It's so interesting. Jesus talked about the love of money and money more than heaven and hell. I think it's because he knows human nature that the way we adore and worship God is driven by our love for material things. So, rather, pursue right standing. Righteousness means right standing with God. Intentionally, eagerly seek, living right in God's eyes. Live so that this year, you could say at December 31st, God, I lived for you rightly. Live so that your life is marked by faith, love, and stability and right standing could be asked right now you could test yourself am i living right righteousness by just asking yourself does my life please and glorify god that's a good way to measure is there righteousness in me Uh, matt chandler a pastor in texas he says this find the things that stir your affections for christ and saturate your life in them Find the things that rob you of that affection and walk away from them. That's the Christian life as easy as I can explain it to you. That's so easy, right? Teens, youth, adults. Whatever makes you love Jesus, saturate your life in it. Whatever pulls you away from Jesus, run away. Flee from it. Examine everything in your life. Cut the things that don't allow your love for God to grow. And immerse yourself in the things that Make Christ your treasure. This is why, even if I'm not a pastor, I go to worship on Sundays because I don't want my love for God to ever grow cold. And even if it's not a perfect church, when I sing Heart the Herald Angels Sing with a hundred other people, guess what it does to me? God, you are awesome. You're so good. So serve, give, learn, study, worship. Two, in 2019, invest. Can you say Invest invest your life into things that last eternally that's what paul is suggesting verse 12 take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses take hold of the eternal life the promise of god is that anyone who gives their life to jesus has eternal life this is scripture john three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know that. And so Paul knows Timothy already has eternal life. But Paul says something really weird. He says, Timothy, take hold of eternal life. It's the same word to seize where, do you remember Peter walked on water with Jesus? Jesus was walking on water and Peter's like, is that you, Lord? Yes, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. And so Peter walked, and Peter walked on the water. And then what happened to Peter? He saw the wind and the waves, and then he sank. Now, the verb, Jesus grabs Peter because he was sinking, that's the same verb, seizing, grabbing, taking hold, that Paul is saying to us today, your eternal life that you received when you gave it to Jesus, take hold of it. Treasure it. Don't let it go. Live for it. Live in it. Friends, when does eternal life begin? I used to think, maybe, so I used to think when I die, my eternal life starts. Right? Well, when I die, that's when my eternal life begins. Do you know when your eternal life begins? According to Jesus? It happens. John three thirty six. Let me read it from Jesus' first. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. When does eternal life, when do we get it? The moment we have Jesus Christ. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Eternal life happens when the moment you accept Christ, you are living in eternal. How many of you are living in eternal life right now? Amen. So our physical death is just a passing over. So Paul is telling us, this is so cool, Live your life from that perspective. You don't just live 80 years. And so, make the most of it. Do, do whatever you want. What, what does uh, you know, Hugh Hefner say? Or Tim, or Ted, I think Ted from, uh, Turner, Ted Turner said, if it feels good, do it. Like, we live differently. We don't live for the moment. We live in the moment. We don't live for the moment. We live with eternal perspective. So, Paul is saying, Timothy, Keep that eternal perspective in mind. So a couple of things. Opinions are temporary. Truth is eternal. Vacations and retirements, they're temporary. Even retired people get sick of retirement. That's why they come out of retirement. Rest in Christ is eternal. Hallelujah. Sports and hobbies are temporary. I love sports, but it's temporary. People's souls are eternal. Invest in those things. So 1 Timothy 4.8, by the way, with sports, for bodily training is of some value. So sports is good, look what Paul writes, but godliness is of value in every way as it holds the promise of the present life and also for the life to come. So we have to live, even with sports, which I love, that's not my goal at God. Sports is part of my life, but godliness, if I do this, If I live in my eternal life, it affects everything. So Paul writes, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. Paul wants us to fight the good fight in light of Jesus Christ, who's going to appear. Listen to the following and see if any of these make sense because we live like this. Jesus is coming, so fight the good fight of faith and do whatever makes you happy. Does that make sense? doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't fit. If Jesus is coming and Paul wants us to fight this good fight of faith, do whatever makes me happy? No. It makes do whatever glorifies God. Second one, Jesus is coming, so fight the good fight of faith, and don't you let anyone disrespect you. Does that sound right? If I'm living eternally, I could bear persecutions. I could bear insult. I could bear hardships, because my life, this is just a glimpse of a future glory. See, third. Jesus is coming so fight the good fight of faith and in light of eternity and a glorious eternal God who reigns and who is a king of kings and lord of lords live for yourself. Does that make sense? No. No way. In light of this glorious God who's coming fight the good fight by avoiding this selfishness. Live for him. Live for others. And that's how we bear and endure. So Paul, what a great perspective. 2019, live with an eternal framework of your life. You know, when I die, there was a quote by a missionary. When I die, I want hell to rejoice that they have one less soldier who created a mess for them. Does that, did you hear that? I love that quote. When I die, I want to live in such a way that hell says, finally, Jason is dead because he did so much for Jesus Christ. I want to live that eternal perspective that we're making damage because we're proclaiming Christ and the good news. Lastly, shortest one, in 2019, live with the clear perspective of God who we worship. Paul ends this with this. Let me read it. It's a benediction. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. I love what Paul's saying. Live in light of the fact that the world never revolved around you. Live in light of the fact that whether all the world believes or not, there sits on the throne a heavenly king who is the Lord of lords, the King of Kings. Live in light of the fact that Jesus dwells in undwelling eternal light and a full glory that no one has ever seen. Live with this perspective that Francis Chan shared in the video. When we come to church, do we say, wow, we get to come and proclaim the name that is above every name. Uh, I shared this story with us before, but I want to share it again, and this will be a wrap-up. Legend has it that Apostle Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was chained to a Roman soldier, and he used to get persecuted like Jesus. They used to beat him. They used to kick him, spit on him. And they said to him, you know, where's your Savior? Where's your King? Where's your Jesus? Where's your God? You know, where's his love for you now? And so Paul, with eternal mind, Paul, with this perspective of, I'm going to live for God's glory in his holiness. He responds, apparently, with two words. You know what those two words were? Paul says, how do I know that God loves me? His response is, the cross. The cross. Whenever he looks at the cross, he will never doubt that God is truly God, that God is truly reigning, and that God truly loves us. So he was able to go to his death, never make it to Rome. He died as a prisoner with this peace, eternal perspective I can face tomorrow because of the cross. Jesus loves me. It never will fail me. Friends, May 2019, as you get ready for a new year, we need to be a church that learns to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Don't be, don't give way, don't give in, don't run away. Like Francis Chan said, "Oh, church stuff is too messy. I hate the politics." No, stay in it and sanctify it. Then, don't run away. Serve the Lord with passion and joy. Fight the good fight of faith. Cling to the truth that is right here, and fight that good fight of faith for your family, for the next generation. So that his kingdom will be known and spread through all parts of the world. This is a great New Year's resolution for 2019. For his glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God, I admit it's so easy to live by sight, not by faith. To give in to the pressures, the temptations, the the pulling and swaying to keep us from being in you. And at the same time, the good news is we never clung unto you. We're saved because you clung to us. And God, as we look into the future, no matter what may come our way, If you are a God who is beside us, we shall always overcome in you. May we do our part, Lord, to fight this fight of faith, this good fight, to never let go of you, to not even be disenfranchised, disillusioned by what we see in the church, outside the church. May we cling to the good news and the word of God as you keep us step by step in your presence. Thank you. We cover this church with that. Meet us where we are, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.